0: welcome to the Israel Bible Podcast. My name is Cindy Parker, and I am an author, a speaker, and the professor of Holy Land Studies at Israel Bible Center. I am passionate about reading the Bible in the physical, historical, and cultural context of its day. And I really love having geeky conversations with people about new things. This week, I talk with Dr. Nicholas Shazer about his course, All Israel Will Be Saved. We've already tackled some really big issues, like Paul's views on Gentiles remaining Gentiles and Jews remaining Jews. We also talked about what role the law should have for Gentiles and what it means to have righteousness through faith versus righteousness through works. But this week, I was thinking maybe Dr. Shazer could clarify something for us. Romans 9, early on in the chapter, has a really odd phrase, and I think depending on how you read this phrase or how you're interpreting this phrase, it either clarifies or it makes very murky the whole rest of the chapter. Paul says that not all Israelites truly belong to Israel. What on earth is he talking about? Because he then goes into this very long explanation where he pulls all of these examples out of Genesis, and then he starts grabbing onto the prophets, and then if you're not really working at it, you totally lose his train of thoughts. So, not all Israelites truly belong to Israel. What does that mean?
1: Great. So, this is Romans 9, 6, and English translations will say, you know, Paul says, not not all Israelites truly belong to Israel or not all Israelites something like are, are actually Israelites or something like that. But th- there's a lot of English terminology that is being lacquered onto the Greek because English translators really don't know what to make of the sparse language that Paul is using. But originally in Romans 9, 6, the Greek just says, not all Israel are of Israel. That's That's all it says. And so the question would be, oftentimes readers are going to look at that and say, is Paul making some sort of implicit reference to Gentiles? So is Paul saying, not all Israel is Israel? Does that mean that Gentiles, he's really thinking that Gentiles are Israel? Or not everybody who is actually biologically Israel is Israel, but even Gentiles are, quote unquote, the new Israel or something like that. So the problem here is that he's going to go on throughout chapter 9, and he's not going to talk about Gentiles. He's going to talk about Israelites. He's going to talk about Abraham and Isaac and Ishmael. So it's an internal Abrahamic discussion he's having. So who's the child of the promise? Who's true Israel within Israel? Isaac, because Isaac is the child of the promise. Who is ethnically Abraham's offspring, but not a child of the promise? Ishmael. And actually, it's, it's fitting because Ishmael, um, in, in Leviticus, to go back to circumcision and Paul not wanting Gentiles to get circumcised, Leviticus 12 says that a uh, boy uh, of the Israelites needs to be circumcised on the eighth day. Well, Isaac is circumcised on the eighth day, according to Genesis. Ishmael, it's not until he's 13 that he is circumcised. So what Paul is actually doing here is just saying there are certain Jews within Israel who are children of the promise and certain ones who are not that's kind of basic if we go back through genesis but the but the point is is this an internal abrahamic debate in no way is paul saying what i really mean everybody hint 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 wink wink is that gentiles are israel that that makes absolutely no sense because as as the text goes on in romans 9 through 11 paul makes a hard and fast very clear bright line between Gentiles, I'm speaking to you Gentiles, insofar as I'm the apostle to the Gentiles, about Israel. Israel in Romans always and only means the biological ethnic children of Israel. And in fact, in Romans 9 through 11, Israel, that word, is used for non-believers in Jesus. That is, Jewish people who don't believe in Jesus is Israel. Israel. Despite the fact that even today, many scholars of the New Testament are wont to say, when Paul talks about Israel, so for example, Romans 11:26, Paul says, all Israel will be saved. And we'll get, I'm sure, deeper into that as we, as we go forward. But many, many scholars are wont to say, well, when Paul says Israel there, he means Jews and Gentiles in Christ. Right? Impossible. Utterly impossible reading. And we, we would have to get into the details of that. But the point is, for Paul, Israel in Romans is always ethnic Israel. So even back in Romans 9, 6, when Paul says not all Israel is Israel, Gentiles are not even a whiff in his thought at that point. Israel means Jews. He's just saying that some Jews do God's will within Israel. They're children of God's promise. And other Jews don't. That's all he's saying. And again, that will get much if only more clear. He
0: stated it like that. <laughs>
1: That's right, because it's 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 been a point of of contention, and it's it's actually been a verse which has added a lot to what's called replacement theology or supersessionism, the idea that there's some true Israel, quote unquote, out there, even though true Israel language is not used in Paul, it's not used anywhere in the New Testament actually. and um and so it's really Jews and Gentiles in Christ who are the true Israel. But again, it's just not the case. and I would say that as you go forward in Romans chapter 9, Cindy, you noted that that's the very beginning of chapter 9. But if you read closely through all of those chapters, 9, 10, 11, it becomes abundantly clear who Israel is when Paul is speaking, and that's always the ethnic people of Israel's scriptures.
0: Yeah. And he emphasizes over and over in chapter 11 in particular how God is always always faithful to his people god is always i mean he is a god of covenants and he's always faithful to his people and it it comes out really clearly there it's just between the beginning of chapter 9 and we forget that paul himself is jewish and is not trying to get rid of his history or his people at all
1: absolutely exactly and and i I think I can do this really quickly in Romans in Romans chapter eleven, Paul is going to go on talking about um, an olive tree metaphor that uh, some branches. I'm so
0: glad you're bringing yeah. this up because <laughs> I hear bizarre things about this metaphor. So yes, I'm so glad. Continue. Yeah,
1: and and I've actually I've got an article on the IBC website on the on the weekly IBC website asking the question. I think the title is um, Are Gentiles Grafted into Israel? So for anybody who wants to take a look at that article on our IBC website, you can do that. Um, but there's an olive tree metaphor, and there are natural branches in the olive tree. That's Israel for Paul. And then there are, are wild olive shoots that get grafted into the tree. That's Gentiles. So there's our bifurcation again between Israel, the natural, and when, when we say natural, that's physis in Greek. It's how we get our word physical uh, or physics. Um when Paul says the natural branches, he means biology, he means, uh, he means ethnicity, okay? So when the, the natural branches are Jews by birth, all right, not Gentile sinners, to, to quote Paul in Galatians, but those Gentile sinners become grafted into the tree from a different tree, And so praise God that that's the case. And now all Gentiles can partake. Now, there's still wild shoots in the tree. They don't change their fusus. They don't become natural branches. Hence, Gentiles don't become Jews or Israel when they get grafted into the tree.
0: Now, what about this one bit in Romans when Paul talks about the natural branches being cut off and discarded and then the wild branches being grafted in? I think this is an important time to dig into language, which is something Dr. Shazer does in great depth in his course. Why are the tiny words sometimes very important? Well, listen to his explanation here.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So, so let me clarify the, the branches and their positions on this olive tree. Oftentimes in English translations, you'll get that some of the natural branches, that is the Jewish people who have not believed in Jesus, that that those branches have been cut off of the olive tree. That is the standard reading in pretty much every English translation that I know of. And like the NRSV, for example, will say that the natural branches have been cut off... And that you, you wild olive shoot, you Gentiles, have been grafted in, in their place. Okay, here's the problem with that. That's not what the Greek says at all. The Gentiles have not been grafted into the tree in their place. The Greek says en autois, which means among them. That's like Greek 101. If you were to go to like a seminary and learn Greek in your first like three weeks, you'd know that en autois means among them, not in their place. That's just basic. So if, if en autos means you, you Gentiles have been grafted in among them, it means the branches are still on the tree. So why on earth are they translating cut off of the tree as though they've been discarded from the tree? The word for that's translated cut off is eklao. And um, the, the issue with that word is that elsewhere in Greek, not only in the, in the Bible, but also other literature like medical journals and things like that, eklao, it can mean cut off. It can but it doesn't have to. And it certainly doesn't always. Rather, eklao, I would translate as broken, not broken off, but broken. For example, there's an instance in, uh, in one Greek text where two, two guys are wrestling and the one guy eklao the other guy's toe. Breaks it off, right? What, who are we dealing with? The Hulk, you know? <laughs> Nobody's breaking toes off of the foot, you know, ripping a toe off the foot. No, no, no. The toe is broken, but remains on the foot eklao, broken. So the same principle has to be true with Paul because he says you're grafted in among them. You can't be grafted in among branches that are broken off the tree. So for Paul, eklao means broken or broken down, cracked, bent. Now, it's really interesting. Later on, Paul's going to say, look, don't get high and mighty over the branches and he's also going to, to the Gentiles, he's going to say, to the natural branches who are eklahod, don't get high and mighty. They are eklao by their by their lack of faith or whatever, but you stand up, he says, by your faith. So he's talking about branches that are standing upright over the other branches that are broken down. So that is, these both of these branches are on the tree. Why is that important? Because traditionally, you'd read in English that the natural branches are broken off, and that denotes that... Jewish people are now separated or cut out of their relationship with God. That's not what Paul's saying. They're actually still in relationship with God because why? Romans 11:29, the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. God can't break off Israel, okay? Because God would be going against every promise God made in Israel's scriptures. So that is it's they're broken. What does that mean? There's there's a deficiency for Paul. Paul wants everyone, Jew and Gentile alike to believe in Jesus. But Paul believes that all Israel will be saved. It's just that they're not broken off the tree. They're broken, and then, and then they'll essentially revive on the tree. But Paul's not suggesting that there's no relationship between Jewish people who don't believe in Jesus and God anymore. The, the relationship remains the same. In fact, the word that often is, is talked about is um, that uh, a hardening has come upon Israel. That Greek word is parosis. It's it's not sclereto. Sclereto is the word for like when when um, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. So when we read hardened, we think oh like Pharaoh. So like those unbelieving Jews, uh, their hearts are hardened and right right. But it, the text doesn't say sclereto. It says porosis. Perosis is another agricultural term because Paul is keeping running with this olive tree metaphor. And porosis, when it when it deals with agriculture and trees and plants, it's a callousing. Like when a branch breaks. At the place of the break, the, the branch will callous to protect the branch from falling off the tree. That's what's in Paul's mind, is the idea that God is protecting even unbelieving Israel from falling off the tree by putting a callous at the place of the break, not hardening their hearts, but a protective callous for a little while while the Gentiles come in, and then all ethnic Israel will be saved, according to Paul. So that's how it goes. And I should just note one more thing. Paul says, since you, though, are a wild olive shoot, how much harder is it to get you in the brand, in, in, into the tree? And if you get high and mighty, you will be not eklao, broken. You will be ekopto. And that really does mean cut off. God can cut off the, the unnatural branch, but the natural branch stays on the tree, though broken. Um, it would make no sense. Um, because in, in Romans uh, 11, here's what Paul says. This is 11.25, speaking to Gentiles. He says explicitly, I am talking to you Gentiles in, in Romans 11. And he says, look, so that you don't claim to be wiser than you are, you Gentile brothers and sisters, I want you to understand this mystery. Okay, a uh, a callousing has come upon part of Israel, or come upon—I'm I'm actually— going to translate this Greek differently, has has come upon Israel for a little while, all right, apomeros in Greek, has come along uh, on Israel for a little while until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. So there you go, Israel Gentiles, Israel Gentiles. A callousing, a, a saying no to Jesus for a while, a little bit, has happened to some of Israel so that the fullness of the Gentiles can get into that tree, and then all Israel will be saved. That's Romans eleven twenty six. 26. Now some commentators look at that and they say, okay, so then if all Israel's saved, that means Gentiles and Jews together saved. Okay, here's the problem with that. Paul's going to cite a couple different texts from the, from the Tanakh in the next verse, and then the following. This is verse 28. And for the life of me, I, I cannot understand how the scholars who think that Israel equals Gentiles in this text how they can read verse 28 and get away with that. Here's verse 28, still speaking to Gentiles is Paul. As regards the gospel or the good news of Jesus, they are ethroy, they are hostile, okay, for your sake, okay. But as regards election, they are beloved for the sake of their ancestors, because the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. So look it, all right, I'm speaking to you Gentiles. A partial callousing has come on Israel for a little while until you Gentiles can get in. Then all Israel will be saved. As regards the gospel, they are hostile to it. Who's the they? Israel. (laughs) And they're hostile to it, why? For your sake, you Gentiles. That is, it is impossible, impossible to read verse 28 and then go back to verse 26 and think that Israel means anything else than ethnic Israel. In fact, the Israel that doesn't believe in Jesus right now. The point is, is if you go through it really, really closely, you'll see that Israel remains Israel and Gentiles remain Gentiles. And the goal for Paul is for for all the nations, all the Gentiles and Israel to worship the God of Israel side by side.
0: Whoa, see what I mean? That is a whole different way of understanding the analogy with the tree. And it rests on doing thoughtful word studies on two Greek words. What an interesting insight that is brought to the table in Dr. Shazer's course. But one more thing related to the olive tree.
1: What, what, what is nourishing? The, the, the branches, it's the root, Paul says. The root is nourishing you. Later on in Romans chapter 15, Paul is going to talk about the root with reference to Jesus. It's the same Greek word. So Jesus is the root into which everyone is grafted. The Gentiles aren't grafted into Israel. They're grafted into Jesus, the Messiah. And they get to worship the God of Israel alongside the natural branches on the same tree. But Gentiles don't become Israel.
0: Okay, so that was a lot of intricate word work, and Dr. Chaser did it all very early in the morning. So, well done. The topics we covered in the last few episodes are only the tip of the iceberg. So why else would you want to enroll in this class?
1: At the end of of Romans 11, Paul says, How great are the depths and the amazing riches of God? And uh, I I feel that way, even with Romans 9 through 11, is that there's so much more depth and richness to go into. There's so much more complexity. And in taking this course, um, All Israel Will Be Saved from IBC, you'll really get a sense of how rich and in-depth Paul's writing is and the wonderful theology that he has in store for readers.
0: You will find helpful links in the show notes of the episode, including the article Dr. Shazer wrote called Our Gentiles Grafted into Israel. You will also see a link to start his course, All Israel Will Be Saved. Thank you to Jeremy McDonald with Mason Jar Music for doing such a good job mixing, editing, and crafting all the good sounds you hear. And thank you for hanging out with me in Romans 9 through 11 and being curious about all things Bible-related.